0: And welcome back to episode 106 of the weekly tech ram. With me, Jay. Slight pause there. I'm, I'm not sure, sure you why. Get your name again, Jay. Uh <laughs> <and> me Carl. <J. laughs> so, where I... am I? And <laughs> uh, 321 back in the room. What's this? This is a podcast. <laughs> yes. Welcome back to episode 106 of the strangely titled Weekly Tech Ram, where we are actually talking about tech, and I know I'm not on another planet. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you, the no alcohol has been consumed. This is all good. I'm drinking cranberry juice. <laughs> are
1: you sure it's not red wine?
0: Oh, no. I, I wish it was. It's been one of those days, weeks, months. I'm not entirely sure. But, yeah, it's been a, a long day as I prepare for a, a my one of my children's birthdays tomorrow. So all hell is breaking loose in our household. <laughs> there you go. Well, we are back for episode 106, which has got a lineup like no other this week. We're going to be talking CPUs. We're going to be talking... Propaganda, weirdly. We're going to talk about Google shutting down services. <laughs> no surprise there. Plus Google starting up new services. <laughs> how long for? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk USB, and that includes USB-C from the EU. Uh, YouTube and well, I'm not sure how what how to describe YouTube. Perhaps it's uh, maybe how to how to kill off a subscriber base. Perhaps is probably the right way to describe it. Might and the, uh, the tech wrap rumor mill is Bursting with rumors this week uh, of the CPU variety, so then let's kick off this week. And again, we're going to kick off this week with Intel. As we talked a lot about AMD last week, we did, uh, and and Nvidia. Uh, this week we are going to be talking around uh, uh, Intel and the launch of the Intel Raptor Lake uh, CPU, which is a generation thirteenth generation of CHCPUs, isn't it? Which coming out? It is twentieth this month. Yeah, I yeah, I believe so. That's, that's what the notes say. <laughs>
1: Yeah so they've started with their their K lines they haven't released the entire line yet but they've uh, they've announced their what their, their i9 13900k uh, a core i7 13700k and a core i5 13600k uh, i mean these look pretty good uh, we'll come to their very very strange performance charts in a bit but with oh, I mean, yeah. respect wise uh, they do look good so you know they're bumping up things like uh, you obviously got these are the top ones, the K series. You've got a mixture of uh, performance cores and uh, efficiency cores. So, I mean, even the, the top end one, the thirteen nine hundred, seems to have a bump. It's now got what is it, twenty four cores and first two threads. So they, they've doubled the E cores to sixteen now on that. So eight P cores and sixteen E cores rather than eight E cores like on the uh, twelve nine hundred, the previous gen.
0: And, uh, quite a bump up there, isn't it? When you think about it, it is. from the previous generation.
1: It is, and they've really bumped the uh the speeds as well, so they've really got well and the power obviously because uh, they've not got any power efficiency, but they've been bumping these uh P cores and the e cores, so the p cores and that will will clock in at what five point eight gigahertz under turbo we're getting so close to that six gig for a, yeah. on a, on a
0: chip, isn't it absolutely I think fun. I think Intel will release a six gig one in the next year, I think they will yeah, i think I think it's very close. Native yep. and that's native six gig. That's no, you know, no fancy overclocking. Yeah. That is a native no, no. six gig. Exactly. Yeah. It's an odd one though,
1: because if you look at the base clock, it's only three gigahertz. So it's the slowest base clock out of all three of the new CPUs. I don't know whether that's a typo or not. But no, mind you, the E core is the same. E core is clocked to four point three gig turbo, but base is two point two.
0: I did. Yeah, I have to say, when I was looking at this earlier, I was surprised at the with E cores how low the base clock was. Uh, and then the the turbo clock on it was, I mean, they are substantially different, aren't they? I mean, it is it is a hell of a leap. It's not just a bit of a performance; it's almost a hundred percent increase on on the on the the, the clock speed.
1: Yeah, but, you know, yeah, it, they jumped up a bit. Um, so yeah, I mean, Intel what they they're touting what fifteen plus percent single thread performance improvements, and a whopping 41% multi-thread performance against the previous 12900K.
0: Very impressive.
1: Okay, but hold on a second. Well, I'm sitting there looking at it. I'm going, does that make sense? <laughs> Wait for, right? it. Wait so for 12, it. The 12900K has 8 P cores and 8 E cores. Okay, so 24 threads. The new 13900K has 8 P cores and 16 E cores, totaling 32 threads. So that's a 33% boost in threads. And they're, <laughs> yes. they're saying 41%... Performance increase in my friend. Well, yeah, you've doubled the course.
0: <laughs> <laughs> mass, my really, friend. Really?
1: Really? You've only given us an 8% uh, performance improvement, core for core, like for like. I just. But, all right, I'm <laughs> going to give them that, okay? We'll give them that. <laughs>
0: You're generous. You're too generous. generous there, because you know. it
1: is an improvement over the 1200K, and these are meant to be the same price, I've heard, or around the same price. <laughs>
0: There's something odd though. The other thing that puzzles me is the TDP on these, though. (laughs) Well, the the the, what they call what they call the base process, the base processor base power, excuse me, on the wattage, isn't it? Something smells fishy here as well with that, because unless again it's a typo, they're saying 125 watts across all three of the i9, i7, and i5 range.
1: And that's maybe why the lowest one. The 13600 has the highest base. It's got yeah. less cores, but yeah. a higher base. And it's worked that way to kind of keep that. But mind you, when it comes to max turbo power, that's gone out the window,
0: hasn't it? Well, the i9 the i7, you know, are, are knocking out the park. What, according to Intel, 253 watts versus 181 for the i5 uh, version of, yeah. of the chip. I mean, but, again, I mean, what is that conservative? The other day? We,
1: we were watching something the other day. I sent you the link on. And they had real world testing, didn't they, of the twelve nine hundred k, and that was busting over three hundred watts in turbo load. Well, that's
0: what I was just going to say. Was they're they're um, <laughs> they're uh, conservative. Conservative. That's that's probably the politest way I can I can say. Oh look, yeah, it is definitely conservative because to me, that no way are they clocking the one hundred twenty five base across the board. I can't see how all three processor sets are coming in at that low and 253. If you're pushing that at 5.8 gig, you know, and with a full memory lo- load on that as well through, you know, plus whatever PCI lanes you've got, you know, to me, that is very, very conservative. Uh, but I, uh, you know, maybe, maybe they are, maybe, maybe we're wrong. Maybe Intel have, you know, cracked it now and uh you know actually they can offer you you know uh, decent performance power performance but mm. i think it's I, i'm we...
1: very excited to see the actual real life reviews of this <laughs> against the rise of that well, get it, it, get tech on, but... yeah you know oh but i mean Us. it got weirder did you see some of the charts they started putting up uh, the ones the ones titled leadership gaming performance oh yes this was an eye chart wasn't it, it really was an eye there, chart there were there were two of them one after the other which just made me go so what i do a double take so the first one uh, so it's called leading game uh, leadership game performance they showed a whole list of games and the uh, and the performance ratio of a 3900k against the 1200k so they basically put the 1200k as a 1.0 that was kind of a normalized baseline in all these games yep. and they showed how much better the 13900 k is well, i say how much better i mean it's well, I... worse worst performance in <laughs> well, Horizon I zero Dawn. i mean if you zoom it it's close it's only probably like one or two points but i was like why would you include that? Okay, fair enough. They've included... So, Horizon Zero and Metro Exodus both showed worse performance on the new one. And then, roughly the same kind of performance for things like World of Tanks, GTA Five, and you got ever so slightly better in Cyberpunk and Horizon 5 and World of Warcraft.
0: And what the, the hell games, is Tiny Tina's Wonderland? That's what I, I want to know. I don't know.
1: There was a lot of weird <laughs> games I'd never heard of in these charts. But the only games that kind of massively kind of benefited from this performance seems to be eSport Dial. So... League of yes. Legends, Dota two, Counter Strike, Rainbow Six, uh, and then along with things like F one twenty two, Guardians of the Galaxy, Watch Dogs, Legion, of Far Cry Six. It was a real mixed bag. But you said there were some, odd, like
0: you said, there's some odd games on there, isn't there? As you said, but uh, what I don't what get is Tiny Counter is whatever it was. Yeah. yeah, but what I don't get though is Counter Strike Global Offensive. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry that when did that come out? And it's still an hell. eSport
1: title, but they're probably clocking five or six hundred frames a second at this point.
0: Well, this is it, and that I mean that's absurd. But then you've got games. But then you've got the one that also popped out to me, which there was like Ashes to the Singularity uh, uh, escalation again. Not what I call a triple A title. Um, there was also a bizarre one of Hitman, not Hitman the game. It was Hitman Dart, the Dartmoor level. Oh, one particular level they picked out of a game, yeah. Which. Which uh, they couldn't actually um, spell correctly, because okay. uh, Dartmoor has no e on it, and they spelled it as Dartmoor with an e on the end. Oh, God, um, right. so you know that uh, that that riled me. But I totally agree with you. That was the worst performance chart. I mean, I mean that was that was on par with Apple's crazy performances. Whereas it just was like, yes, the Intel thirty nine hundred K versus the twelve ninety K. Well, not a bad chip, you know, but if you like to play 15-year-old games, it's awesome. <laughs>
1: We've got a chip for you. Uh, yeah. yeah. It was interesting to see that there's still no helping Cyberpunk.
0: No, no I'm, I'm glad you brought that out. doesn't matter know. how much you throw at that thing. It's just I, I not did, happening. I just love that. Yeah, you're right. It's like, yeah, we, we, we could probably get the loading screen to render quicker. That's probably
1: it. it, yeah. You know. No, actually, I understand why they actually put the... Uh... What was the one you mentioned? The uh, Ashes of Singularity. That's a very good multi-threaded game. Yeah, it, it utilizes is, yeah. all the cores for the AI and stuff. So it's a good benchmark for how it handles multi-threading. But even then, I mean, there wasn't a massive increase. What, maybe 1.10 as opposed to 1?
0: Well, no. I mean, that's it, isn't it? And then the second one, if you say the second chart, it was oh,
1: even this was just Oh, God, it was, wasn't it? So, yeah, they, they, they had... This, so this was... Their title was... 1300k versus ryzen 9 5950x okay so not against the latest ones um we'll give them a pass on that one since the latest ones i don't think have hit retail yet so obviously not expecting that one so what else can you do but um and they then showed uh what did they show there so yeah again they had a selection of frankly bizarre games uh and then it was a bar chart format this time so for each game they showed like AMDs, uh, then the 12900K and the 3900K, and the relative performance. But then, if you squint and look closely, there's tiny little lines that represent the 5800X3D, the one with the 3D v-cache, which basically trounces everything. (laughs) Out of (laughs) five of the nine games they showed, the 5800X3 beat the AMD, and it beat all the Intel ones. The only ones yeah. it didn't oh, I think I wrote this down. What ones didn't it? It was uh well, three games I've never heard of, basically. <laughs> oh that was it. Uh oh Counter Strike again. The the Rift Breaker? Not that one. Yeah. Arcade Geddon? No. And Spider-Man Remastered. <laughs> but I uh, <laughs> just I mean Someone needs to fire the people in the
0: in the marketing department for this because it was I mean, a terrible show. You're right. Far Cry six it was pretty much neck and neck with the X3D. Yep. F122, again, pretty much neck and neck. Yep. Total War, Warhammer 3, I would say the X3D was just edging above it. Above it, yeah. Uh, Counter-Strike, like you say, uh, pretty much a muchness with the AMDs versus the Intel's, the, AM, you know, the new one with the new. But and you're right, Mountain Blade and Warcraft was like, sorry, what's that red line hovering above everything else? I mean, yeah. it... it it's almost like they're like, yeah, shit, we've got to acknowledge this. Excuse me for swearing. Yeah. You know, we've got to acknowledge this. Um, but how do we kind of make it so that you don't see it properly? That was it. And then they put
1: they put numbers across, like plus 6%, all up to plus 58% on the Marvel Spider-Man. But that was only the 3,900K versus the 5950X, not exactly. against 5,800X.
0: No. no, you're right. So it was that was the gap between the lowest and the highest. It wasn't the gap yeah. between the next highest. Uh, and yeah. uh and then i mean the other part of it was also the, there was that, sorry there was a the third slide as well which was the frame rate consistency oh I as well got to write notes on that i must have missed that so one the, so the frame rate consistency one um again takes the 5950x versus the 13 uh 13900k and again okay. you know the same set of games so the Riftbreaker, spider-man and Archageddon uh Well, of the Rift Breaker and Spider-Man, there was, you know, I mm. uh, was it, 107% between the two of them. And this was, they said it was normalized to the 99th percentile frame rate for the Ryzen. So again, they're not even, they're not, you know, they're, they're averaging it out. And then realistically, the, you know, the Ryzen was consistent. This is what I thought was more interesting. Was the Ryzen was like a one, was they're saying that was one. So they benchmarked yeah. that as one across the whole point. So, Again, how do you take this? Because actually, that Ryzen could outperform, uh, you know, the the Intel chip on, say, Far Cry, if the if the mem- if the memory was better, wasn't it? If uh, other factors are in, in there and taking well, it, it's not talking just to the, the CPU. memory.
1: They 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 did uh, have a link to, and uh, you had to go deep into the website to find out the actual specs of the machines they used. Yeah, and uh, AMD for memory, they used Bogstan the thirty two
0: hundred and not the recommended thirty six hundred. Oh no, we can't. We can't. We can't allow the competition to uh, have the same performance levels as us. No.
1: So I mean, yeah, I, I'm really interested to see what actual real life results look like when they come out. And also, if the glass generation one with 3D cache on it does that,
0: well, what's yes. the new one
1: going to do? Yeah,
0: that that is the thing. I think AMD are in high end performance chips are leapfrogging Intel here. It's like saying, okay, our current ones we've just announced—they're for all your
1: general-purpose computing, three D modeling, that kind of stuff. The gaming ones are coming next year,
0: the ones with the three D cache, and that's where we're going to smash Intel. Yeah, and they, the other one—I mean, Intel also kind of gave uh, their what they say was leading performance, um, which was again, this is—they they've taken a leaf out of the Apple marketing because all they're doing is validating themselves versus their last chip. Yeah. So they're saying, you know, the 3,900K, the 13, excuse me, 900K versus the 12,900K is a 15% increase on single thread performance with a 41% increase on multi thread performance. Well, that's fantastic. I'm so pleased that the, your latest generation of chips are faster than the last ones you put out. But tell me, how much faster is that versus, uh, you know, somebody else's chip? In all you fairness, a did the same in their event. They, they did. The they did. They're all doing the same. They're, yeah, all, does the same now. they're all doing the same. And it's... And unfortunately, uh, for the majority of people, they see that and think, awesome. Yeah. You know, mm. I think that's the problem. The only thing, though, is pricing. That is going to be the, the big issue here.
1: Yeah, well, they're saying it's the same as their current generation. So... Well, well, yeah, well...
0: but I mean, market factors are going to come into play at some point, surely. Of course. So, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that pans out and what. What it actually yeah. cost to buy one compared to actually I, you know, buying an AMD? I think you're right. I think the, the reality, as you say, is these are great, but wait for the wait for the X3D model, the X3D chips, because those are going to be the high-end real performance, yeah. real pieces, aren't they? Especially, It'd be nice to see
1: AMD actually bring out a couple of them this time, not just the one. Yeah, A, a couple of, yeah. The, yeah,
0: and I the, the think, the you know, yeah, if you're doing that and... You know, it's good to have it's good to start having some real battle competition here because it should drive oh, the pricing down um but yeah I think you know given it's just it's it's just evident to see if you're building high-end gaming rigs yeah hold off because yeah x3d is around the corner and clearly that is going to be where going to be where the battle is going to be fought. every day yeah. let's be realistic here every day there's not any that one much of these will do any yeah, one of these will do for your the everyday performance and whatnot choose a one Price. there is not yeah there's there's not much in it at all now you know no so no interesting state of affairs yeah oh god it's getting difficult and difficult I was, I was so set on amd and now they keep dropping this but in all fairness i think i'm still set on amd given uh given the pricing you gave me the other day though i might have to take out any mortgage um <laughs> in your kind yeah, of your put together.
1: and i didn't i didn't put a spec i didn't put the 4000 g- series in did i <laughs> No, no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you definitely can't afford that. Although I put a 3090 in there because the price was coming down, but you probably need a 3090. I'll be interested in that by the time AMD bring out the 3DV cash stuff, will NVIDIA have one reduced their pricing because no one's buying it and two brought out more uh, like the a 4070 and a 4060, what their performance is like?
0: Yeah, that's that's. I think that's the thing. And I think given the... Given the double forty eighty, uh, yeah, the forty eighties that we've seen, yeah, I think they're going to have to do something because otherwise, if they don't, there's no point of creating a seventy, uh, sixty series now because you, why would you? But why would you buy it? It's, you know, no. it yeah. would have to have a real notable uh, differentiator around it to make it value for money. If not, you'd be better off spending your money elsewhere. But we'll see when they um, do it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. Let's take a bit of a left field here then and swing back over to a bit of our current affairs that's going on at the minute. So, oh yes. Uh, the Russian, you know, the Ukrainian Russian conflict, you know, continues to to rumble on, um, you know, despite the ongoing humanitarian impact that it has and and the, you know, the loss of life in the region. Um, and despite, you know, the I think well, the mounting losses that the Russian military is facing—they, uh, you know, from a propaganda standpoint, uh, internally at least—that uh, is not the messaging that is coming out. And no, what we're seeing, I think, now is that you know propaganda has always been a, a key part of modern warfare, hasn't it? Even going back to the yeah. first and second world war, you know, propaganda has been a, a certainly, and through the Cold War, certainly that's taken a whole new leaf. But in now we live in the you know the the age of the the internet and the cyber age, uh it is now much more a sophisticated operation, isn't it? You know, across social media, uh, advertising, and that whole, you know, anti, in this case, from a Russian perspective, anti-Ukraine messaging. Um, And it's a meta of now put out a report saying they've what they say have uh, disrupted a uh, sophisticated operation that was happening across its platforms um but also as well as other social media platforms including yeah. Twitter YouTube uh, was it telegram and uh, live across journal yeah heard <laughs> of it what is it
1: um I'm not down with the old social media so
0: no so this is about was it creation of was it uh 64 Fake or so, 60 fake websites, wasn't it? That they, they
1: yeah. Well, they, they call it a sprawling network, but yeah, 60 fake websites. And some of them impersonating European news organizations such as Der Spiegel, uh, The Guardian, and Build.
0: Very clever, yeah. Very spoofing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and The, the Guardian one was quite clever. It was uh, a uh, theguardian.co.com, wasn't it? Um, oh, okay. Showing exactly, almost exactly the same page, um, but the uh, the, but it was a domain that was created the same day as the the what the ah. page that they published. Very clever. They were then using what they were using uh fake social media accounts, weren't they? Uh, yeah. To
1: share those uh spoofed articles, uh, yeah. So, so they were basically criticizing Ukraine and Ukrainian refugees and arguing against sanctions placed uh, on Russia, uh. But they even had their own um. Facebook pages of the embassy, you know, their own embassies in Europe and Asia amplifying the content from those campaigns.
0: Oh, it's a, it is a co- actually coordinated approach here, isn't it? From them, you know, and a meta of saying that they was that they roughly said that it was over a hundred thousand us dollars was yeah. spent, um, to promote the articles, promote the the content through Facebook and in adverts on Instagram as well. Um, and like you say, alongside, that embassy push as well to do it. So, you know, those embassies clearly know that this is fake, but those social media accounts are not. clearly being run by intelligence, uh, you know, being yep. run by, you know, that these these entities of the Russian government to promote this. Well, I find but, it interesting. They also
1: went as far as creating petitions on change.org and Avaz, I've not heard of one, but basically no, in one example, change.org uh, petition demanding the German government end unacceptable generosity towards Ukrainian refugees.
0: I mean, it's just, it's just, it's worrying because people yeah. believe this stuff, you know? Yeah. You know, people believe it, people see it. And I'm not suggesting you need to be uneducated because I think even in, intelligent people get sucked in by this sometimes, yeah. don't they? Um, And it's sometimes very hard to differentiate between fact and fiction. And I'm not talking... Trump false, you know, fake news, fake yeah. news, you know, but actually a very sophisticated, targeted uh, campaign like this by actors, you know, that really, you know, this isn't their first rodeo. They've done this before. No, you know, no, Russia, too. you know, Russia have been doing this, haven't they? There was stuff with the vaccines for coronavirus, wasn't it, um, in the last year and things like that. But, you know, but the difference is now it's not like, you know 50 sorry 70 odd years ago 80 years ago where you could publish things in a newspaper and it was very hard to I guess fact check it wasn't it you know you yeah. could bring those stories up today we have a very uh, I want to say I want to say we have a very developed way of detecting it but no a lot of it's still manual but there are a lot of ways to determine whether or not it's fact isn't it but yeah you know this is just perhaps the tip of an iceberg maybe uh, yeah definitely uh, i think we'll see a lot more of this i i think we are and i think you know more of these stories are going to come out but you know and like i say people believe it i mean on a kind of not <laughs> unrelated topic around that but you know i i caught uh, a documentary on netflix the other day about um flat earthers oh yes the flat earthers yep. and you just you, you know when you're like <laughs> i don't get this uh, how you know yeah. how, how 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 do you believe this? And it's a kind of like a bit like with this fake news, isn't it? You know, sometimes if you see it, you know, yeah, but it's on The Guardian. You know, yeah. but The Guardians are a reputable publication. They wouldn't publish this. It's got to be right. And then when you see, you know, supposed intellectual people saying that the earth is flat and we're living in effectively the Truman Show style environment, you just have to, like, wonder, you know, what's gone wrong with society? You know? Yeah. I just... Yeah, I just be, 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 look, begs belief on on what uh, what's happening here but yeah, definitely I think you know with the the propaganda pieces here with Russia you say it this isn't, you know, it isn't the uh news here. But I didn't think I will say something there. I didn't think 100 grand was a lot of money given given the the, the advertising capabilities here. Or maybe no, it's money well no, spent, I all. don't know. Maybe maybe I'm it maybe I'm like being, a, you know, term investment I I presume it doesn't it's not a lot in advertising money. No, but what's interesting though with those those domain names and things that reminds me a lot of the you know the phishing accounts
1: that yeah, um, all the DGAs dynamic yeah. generated. Uh, yeah, I
0: remember we were talking about the other week around um, the MFA piece. Remember and the the talking yep. around uh, DNS taking out you know looking at DNS for domain names that were published you know in the last twenty four hour, hours, forty eight hours, not allowing access to them. And the same really again could play play into this, isn't it as well? You know, yeah in in stopping content like this being shown, not necessarily at home, but perhaps, you know, in more corporate environments or other areas like that, that getting through because if you've generated that domain that same day, something's and it's not and it doesn't match, you know, what's expected, yeah. then you you know, you could be blocking it. But I guess it's just a another thing to be doing, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's you know, you used to be on the realms of most home people. Well yes, yes, but uh you know, you and I with our pie holes. <laughs> oh dear well moving across then uh, to talk to our friends at Google then so would you be shocked if I said to you that Google had canned another service surely not well you know, joining the Google graveyard of uh, (laughs) of Mm. failed projects there's a website (laughs) for that there is killedbygoogle.com we can now add to this file Google Stadia. Stadia, Stadia, however you want Stadia. to call it. They're a game streaming platform, yeah. I guess. So Stadia, uh, exactly what it says in the tin, uh, it's a game streaming service which combines the use uh, of a standalone controller or keyboard and mouse um, to allow you to play pretty much games uh through a web browser through mobile apps chromecast in particular uh and on your tv as well in that sense of or pc i should say as well uh or mobile um yeah kind of hailed as the next big thing wasn't it around cloud gaming you know with, with google getting behind it it wasn't but... until you saw the prize <laughs> Well, yes yes uh but, yes, as of, uh, was it January next year? Yeah, sure? yeah, yeah. January so, next
1: year. yeah, January 18th, 2023 is its end day. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, Google did put a statement, and, you know, basically, while Stadia's approach to streaming, uh, sorry, streaming games for consumers is built on a strong technology foundation. It hasn't gained attraction with users that we expected, so we've made a difficult decision to begin winding down our Stadia streaming service. Uh, mm. But, yeah, I mean, the, the way this, even at a time, we were like, Wait, it I can pay what 12 pound a month for Xbox uh, Game Pass Ultimate and get XCloud for free and yeah. don't have to buy any games or I can pay 11 or 12 pound a month and have to buy the games to get Stadia.
0: And I think that was the problem, wasn't it?
1: <clears throat> yeah, if it had been 12 15 quid or whatever and it included a bunch of whole, a bunch of games then yeah, I think people it had more uptake.
0: Yeah, I think the fact that you were double, basically, it was double bubble, wasn't it, on everything. Yeah, you, you know, and you know, and given that Nvidia had, you know, the the shield, wasn't it, and the Nvidia yeah. GeForce gaming, the uh, GeForce gaming piece. Again, that was, you know, some of that you could bring your own games. Um,
1: yeah, you could bring your own games to that. You still have to pay a subscription,
0: but yeah, there was no option of bringing your own games to Stadia. No, exactly, no option at all. You had to pay for it there was no way to take a service and of course there wasn't um the same add-in of other services as well wasn't it like you know other other developer platforms you know giving yeah. you access to, to catalogs or anything like that through it no
1: nothing like that so you know, i mean pff, at least google are doing the right thing google always seems to do this when it can of service they basically give everyone the money back uh yeah so yeah so you're getting all your money back and any hardware you bought so your controllers your founders premier editions yeah Anything you game wise you bought through the uh, Google Stadia store or whatever, that's all being refunded. The only thing you won't get back is your subscription because obviously, uh, yeah, that's not eligible for a refund. Um, Yeah, and you won't have to return the hardware. So, I mean,
0: well, the hardware is just
1: can use it or maybe you can hack it. I
0: I don't know. But yeah, you're not going to have to return that. Well, no, so I did have a quick look up, and apparently the Stadia controller can be used as a wired <clears throat> controller on PC, Macs, and smartphones, um, but you can't use it as a Bluetooth controller. Oh,
1: no. but the, the biggest problem here, and, well, one, they didn't bother telling any of the developers about this. So people no. developing games or about to launch games on the side Stadia platform only found out <laughs> what everyone else did. Sorry! Mm. <laughs> but the big one is... How do you get your game save progress out now? Well, that's it, isn't it? Because I did read about a guy the other day who's kind of one oh, of the most is this the kind of uh, Colour, his name is? He's a YouTube and TikTok creator. He's done over 6,000 hours in the Stadia version of Red Dead Redemption Online 2. Right. Now, if you're playing normal Red Dead, you can export the single-player save game and move it to a PC, Uh, but I'd argue most people paying for Stadia probably don't have PCs, it doesn't really help them. But if you're playing the multiplayer, there's no way of exporting that progress. So he's just lost 6,000 hours of gameplay. But I did read somewhere, hasn't he reached out to Rockstar for help? Oh, has he? I know a a number of developers are all scrambling now to build methods to export, save games to other
0: platforms, but I haven't heard any more about that one he tweeted, so he tweeted Rockstar directly and yeah. said, help, please, please. He's like, please, please let us do a one-time character transfer. We're begging you. Um, yeah. You know, and he's got, as you say, just shy, just shy of 6,000 hours um, on on Red Dead. I don't know whether Rockstar will. Um, you know, they're not... I I suspect p r perspective they will. they might do, but yeah. Rockstar, let's be honest, we know you know Rockstar are one of these companies that typically keeps very quiet, don't they? They don't tend to yeah you know do a lot of that i d- you know I think they might do, but then there is a small part of me. That says that they might just they might not do because, you know, this is the company, not being funny, where we bought how many copies of GTA every time
1: launched? I don't know. What was it? The PlayStation 3, the Xbox.
0: But the, the and PC. there was no transfer. There was no progress transfer. <laughs> no, there wasn't. You're right. You know? Uh yeah. so I don't know. You know, in one breath I'm... I'm thinking, I'd like to think they would. The other part of me is like, you know what? It's Rockstar going. Yeah. Like, if you buy the new edition, yeah. we'll get the transfer for you. <coughs>
1: yeah. uh, yeah. still, my mind's still boggling. It's six thousand hours over three years. I've just done the quick maths. That's over five hours a day playing Red
0: Dead. Awesome. Awesome work, my friend. You know. Yeah. You know. It's commitment to the game. It's commitment. You know that killed by Google thing, so that lists yeah. 274 services that Google have killed. Oh. Uh, Yeah. What's the beginning Uh, ones? The most recent ones. So what's coming next? Uh, Google Cloud IoT Core uh, is going to die next year in August. Uh, Conversational Actions, uh, which was a Google Assistant functionality, is June next year. Uh, Google Currents is March next year. Stadia, as we know, January. Uh, YouTube Originals is dying in December. Uh, Uh, What was the other one? Uh, Google On Hub, which is... Chip below. oh you've been speaking her name haven't you oh she's she wants to help she'll pro- she'll probably get canned in a minute <laughs> bring back stadia um, <laughs> yeah so the 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 aforementioned g oogle on hub uh was a residential wireless router kit yeah. um which is yes. seven years old that's gonna die in december um what else is gonna die this year oh google hangouts that's uh next month that's next month yeah 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 and go so and... You know, there's, there's, you know, there's more, more fuel to the fire, as they say, with, with yeah, it. But, I, I oh, this,
1: but yeah.
0: Talking of Google,
1: business, though, this, this, I couldn't run my company on Google because I just wouldn't know
0: when something's going to die. No, no. Um, I hate to break it to you, the company I work with. Uh, you know, we we use Google uh, kind of Cloud. Uh, okay. uh, anyway, moving on. Um, so talking of Google, much though, longer they might can it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it if was all a favor
0: <laughs> yes yeah though i'm slowly getting used to it which is more embarrassing oh. um uh, talking of google and services though so one part of google that still is running is google fiber isn't it which is another oh, no. which they, is we kind of calmed down on this for a while didn't they and that seems they to have back up again so google fiber which is a it's, it's a google branded product but it is a, it reports into the alphabet uh, overall business yeah. rather than Google itself, isn't it? Um allows doesn't it provide so it provides a a synchronous one gig connection to the household. Do the offices? I don't think they do. I think it's home, isn't it? It's just home. It's home. But they are and well, they're in the middle of rolling out two gig
1: down and one gig up at the moment.
0: Yeah, so they're in about um uh, I think it's what was it? I uh, counted earlier. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen cities in America at the moment. Um, yep. And they have another one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, uh, what they call WebPass cities, which I'm not entirely sure what the difference is, um, mm, to be honest. But, yeah, so they're not massive. There's no data caps. Um, it is, it, you know, one a single bill for, a, you know, whatever you get. And yep. it's, yeah, I mean, and it's pure internet, isn't it? It's just internet, oh, yes. a gig internet. synchronous, internet. Uh, a gig up, a gig down. Or actually, tell a lie, they do two plans now. They do two gig up, one gig down. Uh, they do Wi-Fi 6 mesh networks. Uh, they yeah. do a terabyte of cloud storage, no caps, no contracts. And then the one gig service is exactly what it says on the tin, one gig up and down. Um, it is a mesh Wi-Fi network, but not Wi-Fi 6. And again, uh, no caps or anything like that. So, I mean, let's be honest, that is an awesome deal. $70 a month for the one the gig service, yeah. $100 a month uh, for the two gig service. I mean, I'd pay for that. I'd pay for that, but it gets better. They can't announce. Now,
1: over the next couple of months, they'll be rolling out multi-gigabit tiers. I don't know what that is. Is that 2 gig down? Uh, Sorry, is that 5 gig? Is that 10 gig? Uh, Who knows? But the big shocker is, you know, this is a critical milestone on their journey to 100 gig symmetrical internet for people. 100 gig. I mean, they have just rolled out 20 gig uh, out out of the lab but to one person who just happens to be Nick <laughs> Saffarito, the head of commercial strategy for G-Fiber. Funny that. Funny that. But, I mean, it's now in the real world-ish. It just says 20 gig down. It doesn't say what it is up. But if they are trying to aim over the next couple of years to get people 100 gig symmetrical, wowzer!
0: I mean, it is wowzer. I mean, when you look in the US at the moment, there are several other companies that are offering, uh, you know, the same kind of service AT&T Verizon uh Ziply I've never heard of and Frontier nope. um Yanks can't spell fiber F I B E R dear, dear. Um Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we'll that's the Front- list of words they can't spell. Frontier do a 2 gig service for $150. Um Google are $100 at the minute but yeah I mean it yeah. may move but you're right. I mean the, the t- you know that's still impressive service here in what in the UK there are you know virgin media offer a gig service um yeah but what's the upload on that yeah well yeah exactly i'm just going 50 yeah, you, meg <laughs> bingo which i i just don't get I, I don't get their logic here is it they're saying that oh consumers don't need upload well i'm it pretty confident I, i'd take 200 gig off the top 200 meg off the top of that and put it on the bottom and give me 250 up yeah yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, that would be a far better service than you know the the fifty gig. And the other annoying part, though, is is that Virgin Media typically over over deliver and under promise on the speed. For in most cases, I know that has historically hasn't been the case, but at the moment, it pretty much is because their average speed is one point one gig, isn't it? Which you can't actually get. Which is the the ironic point, isn't it? You can't really get that because well, the average punter, mm. the average punter is not going to be able to handle that unless they've got a gig. Uh, well yes they well, the. I was reading bikes. about that the other day, how they come up with that. That's a combined something of a one gig
1: Ethernet saturating and people on Wi-Fi.
0: Well, how does that work? Because the coax isn't limited by one gig, is it? No, of course it's not, because you can push anything. You can push upwards of, you know, <clears throat> yeah. several gigs. So one gig
1: Ethernet saturating the one the one gig Ethernet, and then if you've got wireless on top, you've got a couple of hundred meg there,
0: and that's how they get to the one point one. I mean, because my my speed, which I see, I was. I mean, I my touches, uh, close to nine nine eighty. I've seen, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so I I am not complaining. I I'm getting close to close to what's been you know provided. So yeah, actually looking it now, uh, nine o'clock this morning, I got nine fifty two. Okay. Um, so, and that's nine fifty two, and then um that has been consistently around the 9.40 mark for the majority of uh, yesterday. Uh, It dipped to a low of 5.27 uh, earlier this evening. Um, And the upload at the moment is 5... Sorry, the upload at the moment is 52 meg. Uh,
1: Not bad, not bad. Not
0: bad at all. But given that Virgin Media are about to release their Superhub 5, which has a 2.5 gig LAN port... Yeah, it would be nice to be able to take advantage of that.
1: It would be. It would be. Uh, you're just just I, thinking I, of me my lowly five hundred meg though. Or
0: am I asking for too much?
1: Well, you know, you've spoken to the man himself. You're asking for too much.
0: Well, Mr. yes, Virgin. that's he right. No. So, Mister Virgin, he said no. Uh, you know, they cancelled my pre-order for a free up five upgrade uh, because apparently, for one of several reasons which you and I can't really decipher, uh, I'm not eligible. Um, Yes, but I mean, given the fact that Google are offering, you know, like say gig synchronous, you know, two gig down, one gig up, uh, for similar mm-hmm. pricing to what we have in the UK, you know, give or take the pound dropping yeah. absolute currency. I mean, I'm up for this. I mean, we just mm-hmm. we need similar here in the UK. I mean, why, well, why there are we are, getting this?
1: There are some players, but like I suppose Google Fiber, they're only operating in certain cities at the moment, so you can get symmetrical one gig Obviously You can, not, that is true. You can can't remember who does it now but uh of so the big ones is vodafone do it i want to say vodafone do it if you're in one of the areas which is run by uh where, they've got the, fiber. where they have got the fiber yeah yeah city fiber or something like that it's not actually laid by them it's laid by someone else and it's
0: rebranded but that's that's one gig symmetrical i think and bt bt are offering uh ftp uh what they call full fiber because obviously you know who knows what ftp is um which they're saying no, isn't is ultra fiber rather than full fiber? I can't remember what it is, but it's well they're they're saying that that's up to nine hundred meg all the time. You know, I love yeah. how they say that. But again, as you say, getting that <laughs> getting that is the half the battle, isn't it? You know, because yeah, that's nine hundred meg down and on what hundred up, isn't it? One hundred and ten up, I think exactly. You know, um, and I think that that's the thing. <laughs> Most places can't get it.
1: You know, no, no. I, I, uh, yeah, for so the last three or four months, they've been rolling uh, fibre down my place, down my road, into my cabinet. But I still can't order it.
0: No, and I and I've seen fibre junctions being put, you know, uh, up our, near where I live. You know, and uh, I did a check yesterday, actually, funny enough, um, and I can only get uh, what they call fight up to fibre two, which is yeah. uh, between fifty-five and seventy-three meg. Uh, well, that's better with, than mine. I can with get. An upper, 30 meg down, I think, and like oh. two or three meg up. <laughs> With an upload of 17 to 18 meg. Oh no, mine's pitiful. I- I'm sorry. I-, I am sorry, you know. Apparently, so they're saying if I take that fibre two, yeah? Yeah. They'll upgrade me to full fibre 100 uh, when it's available for no extra cost. Well, what the hell's yeah. full Fiber 100 then? That's what I don't know. I don't know. I'm looking on the
1: OpenReach site and I can only get super fast Fiber, which is up to 80 meg. Uh, uh,
0: I, see, I can't get yeah. the
1: ultra fast yet because I don't want to go with BT. I want to go with a different provider
0: but on BT's network. Well, that's because they are you know, the one of only two main providers in this country that lay fibre networks. I know, and I know, to your point, in the cities, there are other companies that are laying fibre yeah, networks. Yeah, and there's
1: community fibres out in the
0: country countryside. But where we are in that weird middle mishmash, there's just no one. No, no. And that's like, it's a bit like where Virgin Media did a figure of eight when it was um, uh, NTL, uh, did a figure of eight up and down the country. Uh, and now it's kind of like if you're outside of that you can kiss goodbye to it really you know yeah it's it is it's difficult isn't it i think you know because we want the speed we're we're in a minority you know not everybody yep. wants or needs um the speed that we operate with um but, you know, I think anything above 50 meg is definitely what is required now. If you're doing streaming, you're streaming for Ultra HD 4K content, you're online gaming, and you've got multiple devices in your house, which the majority of people do, I think, today, then I would say anything north of 50 is what you want, isn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. I just as, as you were saying, I just went on to the OpenReach site myself. Uh yeah, and it says yeah, I can I I've got no um, ultra fast, I can only get up to eighty. So uh yeah. One day, one day. One day, one day. So talking of fast then, <laughs> or maybe not. Oh so fast. god, here we
1: go again.
0: Oh, the USB. USB, yeah, the USB implementations forum.
1: They're doing they're rebranding USB with new names again. again. <laughs> so we're no longer getting is it USB high speed and super speed or names like USB three point two gen two X two. We're now, and actually, you know what? Somebody with half a brain is now must cl- clearly in charge. So we're just going to get things like USB 5 gig, USB 20 gig, USB 40 gig. Nice and simple. And to match that, we'll get one with what power delivery they can do. So anywhere from USB 60 watt up to 240 watt, I think it's in on their site. I'd say hooray for sanity.
0: I mean, because who actually knew what USB super speed meant? No, it was basically US it was five gig. Yeah, but for the, the average first, punter, yeah. no, they don't. that doesn't that doesn't mean anything.
1: No, 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 it doesn't.
0: Not at all. Can I plug can I plug my USB point card cord in? Will it power my device? Yes, no. Will it transfer data? Yes, no. That pretty much is the majority conversations that you have with people over USB. Um, well, they don't even know that. They don't even think if it will try- do power. No, video. well, well, no, just I, like, well, it's USB. Does it's like, it work? Yeah, it
1: should do both, yeah. Let alone things like uh, DisplayPort video signals. And, you know, if so, what resolution and what video signal? Or does it do PCI Express? over the? These are sort of other things. Now, obviously, this naming convention
0: doesn't take those into account, but I think it's a good start. Well, that's, that's their argument, isn't it, as well, though, is that uh, their argument is, you know, or, or the argument, should I say, is the point of, we shouldn't need half a dozen logos to describe a single connector, um, because no. it's, it's, we shouldn't do because. But the on the other hand of it, you know, I think one of the examples was given, wasn't it, in that statement was um, a USB printer doesn't need to be USB for version two, for example. No. You know, uh, high end uh, being able to you know, take five gig and push out power at two hundred forty gig, what whatever it might be, it doesn't need it. But what I think it should be clearer. It should be absolutely clearer though whether or not that USB cable can do data or display port. That is that is far more important to or does it support uh, fast charging or whatever?
1: Those well, are more it, important, I mean.
0: you know, than anything than else.
1: They are. I mean the other obviously I I won't bore our, our listeners, but um I was trying to find a, a USB hub that I could kind of use as a make, as a makeshift KVM between a, a laptop and a desktop to support. A number of usb devices and i needed to be quite fast because it was powering a webcam which uh, uh which required usb-c 5 gigahertz a uh, 5 gig- gigabit so but trying to find cables on amazon that actually support the usb 3.2 gen 2 whatever that will do the 10 gig from the hub to the pc to then support that was a nightmare so many of the ones when you looked into the detail just said oh it's only for charging only or it does usb 2 even though it's type c it was only in usb 2 data transfer
0: it's just a minefield out there really it re- you know just to, to make sure you get the right cables yeah. that are delivering it you know and that's the, the thing when i look at my setup here i need cables that can do power delivery and display port yeah because yeah i'm daisy chaining monitors here through the mac through a thing so it's, you know, like you say, I, 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 it took me a while and I ended up thankfully having enough of the cables that came with the monitors to ensure that I had ones that could deliver on there because I just wasn't, you're just not sure.
1: Um, no, and I'm sure I paid over the odds and went for some very high quality ones. What, what, uh, what the old, um, the old classic gold, gold-plated oxygen. high have hyoxid- gold plates. Yeah, you're right. But they're actually a brand that makes decent cables. Uh, but. I sure I could have got one for who, like half who the was price. Who
0: was it? Was it? Monster with their? Was it they had the like? Oh. Was it low oxygen or whatever? And what, what their
1: Ethernet cable, <laughs> weren't it with the gold plated thingies? And this Ethernet cable was going to be better for your
0: streaming music. It's so like, what? what? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it is good, but yeah, I mean, fair play to USB, um, USB kind yeah. of board there, but at least, at least getting on the right path here. But yeah, you're still going to yeah. confuse most punters. <laughs>
1: Oh, I think that's easily done.
0: All right. Talking USB, though. So, we talked about this quite a while ago that uh, one of the things that was coming from the European Union was around the standardization of USB C as a common charging point across consumer devices, including phones um, yep. and other devices, uh, you know, Tam- tab- yeah, yeah. tablets, uh, portable electronics, basically, wasn't it? I think is how they look yep. at it. Yep. Um, however, in the last week, since that was ratified by the European Parliament, All of the news, which I think is completely terrible, has been basically like, Apple is going to be forced to use USB-C. It's like, hang on a minute. Nobody has actually said that it's forcing Apple to do it. Uh, It says says that by the end of 2024, all mobile phones, tablets, cameras sold in the EU will have to be equipped with a USB Type-C charging port. And then from spring 26, the obligation to extend to laptops. Well, let's be quite honest with... Uh, laptops, laptops are, are already are there, basically. Pretty much there. Now, interestingly, the, the law was passed by 602 votes uh, in favour, 13 against and 8 abstentions. I mean, who said, I am not voting for this? Yeah. you <laughs> just don't know. What's USB-C again? <laughs> Maybe what, what they, we... Yeah, they're confused by the last article. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, hang on a minute. Does it charge my device or give me data as well? Um, no. but no. I mean, it's I...
1: not just those, is it? I mean, it's, no. it's other things you've got... They're also saying it's also going to be headphones and headsets, handheld video games, consoles, portable speakers, e-readers, keyboards, mice, portable navigation systems, and earbuds. Uh, but an Apple can thank me for this. I found them a loophole. Go on. So it's only devices uh, operating with a, with a maximum power deliver delivery of 100 watts will require USB-C. So if, if your device requires more than 100 watts, you don't have to use USB-C. So next year's model will have a hundred and one <laughs> lightning
0: port on it. And, what, and a battery that charges in 0. 0.6 of a second. <laughs> that's the one. But fake you can fake me later, Apple. I'll have a new phone. Well <laughs> it also, the other exemption is that it doesn't um that doesn't wear devices that are too small to offer USB-C, such as smartwatches, health trackers, and apparently some yes. sports equipment. Well, given the fact though that that I mean that's not going to affect them massively because the um you know the the Apple Watch is a USB A charger, isn't it, on there at the minute. Um they don't have any other health trackers really on that point. The no. the the sports equipment, well again, there. So I think actually they will move across it. We've already seen it realistically with yep. Uh, the, um, what's it called? The AirPods, you know, the cable at one end is moving to USB-C, but what I will say, though, is the media have jumped on this like it is aimed at Apple, isn't it? It's been a a massive kind of this is aimed at Apple. This isn't aimed at Apple whatsoever at all. Um, No. And Apple, and I think it's fair to suggest, and a lot of commentators have said the same, Apple were moving towards USB-C anyway. You know? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. This is not a well, we've forced your hand. You will do as we say from the EU Commission, is it really?
1: No, I think just a lot of people are kind of still miffed at the last attempt. <laughs> Whereas, was was it? Mike was it micro USB? Oh, and Apple then, yeah. used a loophole and just yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> and I and I and I don't think I don't think you know that there's going to be any loss of, a loss of service by moving to USB C. The difference is Apple are going to lose a revenue stream from the MiFi. Um, they will do. It. Point for Lightning, but USB C offers just everything Lightning does as well. There's no, I don't think there's any loss in capability. And it's not servicing. limited to USB 2. No. And I mean, both, wasn't it? Both uh, Mark Erman and our favorite commentator, Michin Quo, you know, both put out comments over the last couple of years that they think Apple are moving towards USB C anyway. And I think Quo said that he reckons the iPhone 15, which is next year's iPhone, uh, is going to have it anyway, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the iPads are there. iPads are pretty, pretty much Far the low-end. Low well, no, I think, yeah, the low-end iPad's still got lightning, hasn't it? <laughs> but we're um, expecting
1: that to be chain, uh, be announced, the new version of that this yeah. year, which we suspect will have USB-C.
0: Yeah. I, so, I, I, yeah, I I was just a bit personally, I was just a bit miffed of the way it was aimed at Apple. Not because I'm kind of saying, oh, Apple just def- needs defending, but it wasn't. This is not the EU versus Apple, you know. <laughs> No, there's a bigger, there's a bigger player. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right then. Before we get into, uh, before we get into the Tetra room mill, cause I know we're running a bit long tonight. There is one final story around YouTube, which just, I think just needs talking about because I think this is going to backfire. So Cole what uh, are YouTube doing badly, again, you know?
1: Well, well, okay, so YouTube at the moment, obviously you've got YouTube and you've got YouTube Premium, et cetera. But anyway, you can watch all the videos without having Premium, and uh, yeah, it's fine. You get adverts, et cetera, whatever. But it uh, now seems it's popping up all over the internet that it seems like Google are trialing uh, putting 4K content behind the YouTube Premium paywall. So if you want to view your video in 4K rather than 1080p, you're gonna to have to pay up. Um, I'm not sure, right? It's so a premium. It's quite a premium. You know, it's it's twelve pound or twelve dollars a month, or one hundred twenty pounds stroke dollars a year. Now, I'm sitting there thinking, right? If you've not already jumped on this for the fact that premium gets rid of ads, enables picture-in-picture, picture, offline playback, and you get access to YouTube Music, is the nudge of getting four K as well really gonna make you? Yeah, you know, push
0: you over the edge to go and pay for that if you're not interested already. I don't think it will. I don't think it will. And I think the majority of YouTube users aren't interested in 4K. I imagine, I imagine the majority are on their mobile where
1: 4K is just going to be irrelevant. Well, yeah. On those small screens. Yeah. I, I think you can even argue on desktop, right? So I think 1440p or 1080p be plenty for most people. So how many people sit on a desktop or laptop and watch YouTube full screen? on barely, a 4K uh, yeah. a 4K full screen sorry um or a Mac they probably got they probably got it in a browser it's shrunk down it's stuck in the corner somewhere and barely using 1080p of their 4K screen i think the only people this is actually going to affect is people watching it on their tv Well,
0: yeah i think probably you're right yeah but i think i think
1: the other problem it might have is though so if you're a producer and you're creating videos for youtube now why would you make 4K ones if ninety five yeah. or more percent of your audience now can't view four K because they're not going to pay for premium, why would you bother with all the extra hassle of storage and getting it up there and four K cameras? Why would you not just do it in ten eighty P now?
0: I, yeah, you you hit the nail on the head. As a content creator, you are going to want to reach the maximum audience you can, and if if you know by putting out top notch content is obviously your aim, but if that means you're going to be not being able to gain to that because people have to pay for it, and be honestly, not that many people oh. are going to be paying for it. You're, yeah, you're going to step away from it. It's just not going to be in your interest to do that at all, not at all. No,
1: no. I mean, this is a trial. I think uh, Google, or YouTube do trials all the time. I did hear about the one the other day where uh, YouTube were trialing making someone watch seven or eight adverts before getting to the actual content.
0: Oh my god! I mean, I had. I mean, that's just <laughs> <laughs> just. Whoa!
1: Yeah, uh, I'm not sure you can. You pay must me to really do that. want to see that content. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: No, I, 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 think this will backfire. Personally speaking, I don't. You know, I, I just have a feel that there's a, already a media backlash, isn't there, uh, around yeah. this? And some as a uh, backlash as well, I imagine. Well, i was just gonna say there are some uh, high-end YouTubers, aren't they? Um, uh, oh, oh, what's the guy's name? Um, uh, is it? Marcus Brownley. Brownley. Oh, Marcus uh, Brownley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was quick, wasn't he, to comment saying that he wasn't happy with this at all, wasn't it? I know yeah. saw that tweet, um, and several others have come out as well and, and done it. Yeah, it's it's going to backfire, and I think you're right. It's a trial, but let's hope they take that on board and yeah. can do it. But that's yeah, not the way to get more people to start to No. Premium. No, I mean, it just, I I think when this popped up and when I said to you, this just stinks of Netflix. Yeah. Um, And given, you know, Netflix basically price gouged you to get content, you know, to pay 4K is an extortionate amount of money, um, you know, versus Disney Plus, Apple, where you get 4K as standard for a much lower rate. Yeah. You know? Exactly. You know, you, you, it, it plays in the highest quality your uh device can support so when i'm watching on tv the D- disney plus you know or, or the apple tv for that matter i know i'm i'm seeing it you know and what it should be delivered as not uh you know with, with netflix at basically 720p now i won't lie sometimes actually you probably can't tell the difference but you know at least i know i'm getting value for my money <laughs> yeah. well, i'm getting the 4k yeah. i'm paying for exactly, exactly. i not paying for one, yeah i'm just paying for one Yes. Well, yeah, yeah. That's another story. To, another story for another day, I feel. Right mm-hmm. then. In the interest of time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The tech Rat Rumour Mill is back. And it this is. week, it's all about CPUs, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Again, it's been a CPU couple of weeks. It uh, has. So first kick up, uh, AMD.
1: So we were mentioning about the 7000 we were, series and the 3 we V cache. Well, the rumours are we're going to get that early next year, early 2023, followed by the Fredripper 7000 and the Ryzen 7000G. Those are their APU models, Uh so laptop kind of stuff. Uh and They should be coming in the second half of 2023. But yeah, the one I'm really interested in is seeing what comes out of these 7000 3Db cash ones.
0: They look, well, at least on, on the, you know, the, the rumours, isn't it? They look... Yeah like they're going to have some serious power there but the details are scant i think that's the they way to are look at it this here. stage yeah definitely you know so we do know though that the there is going to be as you say the the high-end um seven thousand series we're also was it there's also in that rumor rumor was around um as you say the xvd what was it the other the the mainstream ones apus which I did, as I said, I discovered the codename for them was Phoenix, which didn't you know that. Yeah. Um, and we're also apparently the 8000 series, which is uh, Strix Point for the uh, APUs, Granite Ridge for the Ryzen uh, 8000 in the um, desktop. Uh, desktop. Thank you. Uh, we don't know what the high end one is yet, but we do know that the epics are codenamed Turing, which that, as I said, I think we were talking about in the notes. Um, turing has been brought up before, isn't it? The epic turing, it has, that's yeah. that has been leaked previously um, to do that. Um. So I, I, you know, there are some mixed comments. I think people are. I don't know. I think with all this news coming out, that some people are. I don't know. Not maybe disappointed by the seven thousand series. I just think that you know we've been spoiled, hasn't it? I think that's the problem. Yeah. It's been spoiled with the previous generation and how good they were. um yeah. And I know we were we were saying very positive things about seven thousand series the other week, but we just need to get real world specs, don't we? And real world. Uh, yeah real world real testing. world performance testing on it yeah definitely definitely so
1: amd if you'd like to send me a 7000 3d v cache 1 i will test it for you
0: Good, but i don't know i think i'd rather have um rather have one of the new the new apple chips potential well rumored well, apple uh, chips well, well the one in the mac pro well that possibly yes the the mac pro i mean so <laughs> we got we got the the m2 um ultra didn't we which was the, well, no, no, uh, we haven't actually. sorry, the M one. We got sorry, we got the M one Ultra. Excuse me, didn't we? Which we is did the Pro, the the Ultra. Yeah, we got the the M one. Excuse me, Ultra. That's what I meant. The M one Ultra, which was released uh, as the the kind of pinnacle in the in the studio lineup. Um, and we've had the M2 baseline chip released of it, which is, gives us the 8-core CPU, 10-core GPU, and can support up to 24 of RAM. Yep. And what we're expecting, isn't it, with the lineup that could come out as a press release, which is where it seems to be angling now, isn't it, we're likely to see the Pro and the Max versions of the M2 be delivered soon. but Probably in the new MacBooks, I imagine. But according to... uh. According to sources, including uh, including German uh, um, and other sources, there's another big boy on the horizon, isn't
1: there? Yeah, I'm not a pro, not a max, not an ultra, an extreme, an M two extreme. extreme. It does sound quite so. It's taking the same formula, basically doubling everything, isn't it? From from the ultra, yeah. and they're saying forty eight core CPU, one hundred and sixty core GPU, and three hundred eighty or up to three hundred eighty four gigabytes of RAM
0: so the mac pro that's phenomenal isn't it if that's realistically what it has in it i mean given though that uh you know bloomberg themselves actually are stating that it could actually only be a 40 core chip you know like i said to you earlier what's eight cores between friends you know um yes. So, the code name is they, they say the code name is uh, Jade 2C die and Jade 4C die, um, which will be part of the redesigned Mac Pro. So, it'll come in either a 20 or 40 core computing variant with 16 high performance, 32 high performance cores, eight high efficiency. This is like reading about Intel again, isn't it? Um, oh, yeah. And then we'll see either 64 or 128 core options for GPU. Nuts. We are um, getting. Different names, or oh, different specs, aren't we? This is them. the problem, yeah. though, isn't it? That's where the different the the news tends to be heavier. But I mean, the support for up to three hundred eighty four gig of RAM that that's less than what the current Mac Pros can support, isn't it? If I'm correct, if I remember my yeah, yeah, I think. But uh, is it still one point two or one point five? Yeah, terabyte? yeah. Like that. But but and here's my but: we still have no idea when this is coming. We still have no idea what the chassis. Is going to be for this, no, and ultimately, who is this for? Because hmm. well, the reason I say that is I was reading an article the other day about the you know the XDR studio displays, you know, yeah, and there was an article about saying about the you know the stand wasn't it was silly money, it was, but then the the article went on to say that <laughs> Apple was selling effectively a thirty thousand dollar monitor for whatever it was five grand. Yep. um when you look at the career so actually this the cost of the stand was actually irrelevant Nothing because was, yeah. the people that this was going to is like uh you know it, it's pixar or it's um yeah uh you know i am you know uh, you know the the uh, who's, uh what's, what's the uh, industrial like magic you know those kind of yes. places you know there's only a real subset of 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 people or companies or organizations they're going to want these devices, and the same really I think applies to this this Vapor Mac Pro that is coming. You know, for for most people, who 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 is going to be able to take advantage of you know ridiculously forty eight core CPUs, one hundred and sixty core GPU, and have yes. software that can actually leverage that? You know, and because I think also that... I can't. <laughs> no, no, I
1: can't. No, but I mean, also the kind of people going to want this are probably going to want some expandability. Well, that's the key. i have Harlem. other cards that want to stick in this. And is Apple going to have a piece Express slot here you can plug cards into? I'm going to suspect not. Uh, could be wrong. So they're going to have to be happy with whatever the Mac Pro
0: brings. Well, that is the key argument, isn't it? You are going to have to buy into this as a platform. Because look, we still don't have enough lanes to give you more than three monitors. No. Well, I'd I'd like to think that can handle more than three monitors, but yeah, you're <laughs> you right. Given, so. given given the state of the well, studio can I can't remember what the studio can do now, but uh... well, yeah, but yeah. it's not exactly unlimited, is it? It's not like a you no. know an Intel chip where you're not you're you're only limited by the GPUs that you can put into it, yeah. i.e., more. Um, and I just it does it does make you wonder of are they struggling to actually define. What this device is and what it's for? It'd well
1: be, uh, yeah. I don't know. It's the only one they haven't done, so they've got to bring. They've got to do something soon, surely.
0: Well, yeah, because you can't keep talking about it, can you? No, you can't keep talking about it. Um, and given, you know, Tim, you know, they did reference it. We've just seen nothing more to it, you know. Yeah i don't know it's a it's a good one i mean this definitely sits in the world of rumors uh and i think we'll we'll continue to rumor on when it (laughs) definitely well at that point i think it's probably a good place for us to wrap up tonight of course you can find us uh on twitter at weekly tech rant all of our show notes are at techrant.online um and you wherever you're getting your podcast from so please you know drop us a line tell your friends about us uh you know we're always willing to uh, hear about you know any new stories as well. So if you've got any comments or thoughts or telling us that we're wrong, I'd love to hear that as well. Uh, you can let us know on either of those places and we take the feedback uh, where we get it. So we'll be back next week for episode 107 um, for the latest tech stories and updates. Um, the rumor is that the Twitter deal with Elon Musk is back on the table. So we'll be talking about that next week as well. Oh, yes and maybe it's fallen off the table by that point who knows knows? Uh, as well as the new tesla optimus robot you know uh yes it's not not quite transformers but you know we're close so i've been jay i've been carl have a good evening all